Good morning, everyone. It's Riddell here with Behold the Connection. I'm excited and eager to record another podcast for you. I took a few weeks off to get my life together, to figure out what I'm doing for my kids' school, to squash my own anxiety about big decisions like that. I'm sure that's relatable. I want to talk about my parenting course, as I always do at the beginning of this podcast. So if you already have it, you can skip ahead. If you don't have it, you can find information on it at beholdtheconnection.podia.com, P-O-D-I-A. What's probably easiest is just going to Google and searching being a happy and connected parent or Behold the Connection, and you will find it and you can find a clickable link. This parenting course is absolutely changing lives. Every single day, I get DMs from people saying, in fact, I got one the other day that um, I was asked to keep private and anonymous, and so I'll be vague in that because there was a lot of details, but essentially that after years of searching for help for their son, nothing has helped so much as my parenting course. That touched my heart. It blew me away. And yet, as I was preparing the parenting course earlier this spring, I really felt like the messages and the principles and the truths within it really were coming through me more than from me. So I believe in this course wholeheartedly. I think that uh, it will change the world. If you want to enter a coupon code, you can simply write the word podcast for a discount. So this episode is going to be about anxiety and anxious feelings. I think in order to do due diligence, it's important that I say that if you think you are struggling with anxiety, to go see a psychologist and to be assessed I also want to say that as someone that's doing a lot of research currently in grad school on anxiety, on depression, I think there's a lot of myths around it. I think that we have accepted as a general public that it is quote unquote just chemicals that are off in the brain. There are some cases of things happening like that, although the truth is we can't actually perfectly even measure that at this time. That said, there can be lots of physical and biological things going on. I will never deny that. My take on it is that anxiety comes from a few different places. Hormone imbalance, poor gut health. Our gut is connected to our brain. And the vagus nerve plays a role in all of this, but essentially your gut is your little brain and your brain is your big brain and they work together. If you have poor gut health, you will struggle with brain inflammation, depression and anxiety. And then I also believe that There can be imbalances in neurochemicals within the brain. And I also believe that a huge, huge part of anxiety is thought loops that have become very regular, very consistent, very deep within our brains. 
I think one of the biggest tragedies of our time is that nobody has taught their children or taught us to push back against thoughts that don't serve us. Everyone's just sort of going through life with their brain offering them thoughts and them accepting those thoughts as truths. Our brain will offer us so many ridiculous, debilitating, rooted in trauma type thoughts throughout the day. That is the brain doing its job. The brain is looking for ways you could get hurt physically, emotionally, socially. And so your brain will offer you, don't don't not notice that over there. Did you see how that girl didn't include you? Did you see you could get hurt? You could die. Your child could die. This could all be a tragedy. Are you sure you want to make that decision? This is the sign Well, it's a sign of, number one, a healthy brain doing its job, but it can also be a sign of a very anxious brain. So people who were exposed to sometimes childhood trauma, now this can be abuse, this can be neglect, this could be parents divorcing, this could be someone not meeting your needs as a child when you cried, like you felt very alone. It can be very dramatic, such as abuse, and it can be, quote unquote, less dramatic, but still childhood trauma. So what can happen if that was your reality or you had experiences like that? For example, when I was three, my little sister died in front of me. I was holding her hands and she just died. Her head tipped to the side and she died. We never found out what happened other than it was SIDS. She was seven months old and they called it SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. But she was standing in her little walker and I was sitting right in front of her playing with her. And then her head tipped over and she died. So I share that because I knew instantly as a little child that something had gone wrong, called for my mom. My mom came running. And for a year or two following that, our family mourned and grieved. I watched my parents mourn and grieve. I was scared of my own little baby doll that I had because I I both wanted it to come to life and be my sister, and I also was scared that it would come to life and be my sister. So there's a lot going on. Consequently, I have a more anxious brain. I feel that, I see that, and science supports that. If you have had childhood trauma, typically your amygdala is larger. So your amygdala is part of the response center of your brain. So what that means for me is that I have a brain that is well-versed in knowing things can go wrong. Be alert, Riddell. And so compared to some of my younger siblings that didn't have that experience and their brains are slightly different, I can see danger easier. My brain alerts me to it and I can get stuck in worry loops. So Getting back on track here on my podcast, <laughs> we want our anxiety or our anxious feelings to go away, right? We It's an uncomfortable feeling to feel in our body. For me, my stomach feels very flighty. Um, I'll have an increased heart rate. When I truly get into my body and feel it, there's a, there's very, a very nervous type feeling, kind of the opposite of calm and grounded. And so often... 
what will happen with people is we resist feeling those feelings because they feel flighty and jiggly and wiggly and uncomfortable. Okay. But the truth is not wanting to feel anxious feelings amplifies them and it always makes it worse. So unless you're actually in danger, a motto to lean into that I lean into is be scared and do it anyways. So I've shared before that after the birth of my second daughter, my youngest child, I had postpartum anxiety. I didn't know that was a thing. I wish I had known that that was a thing. It, I believe it comes from hormone imbalance, but I don't think the science is settled on that. That is just opinion. So I remember being in Cape Town, South Africa on a family vacation for six weeks. And if my little girl, 18 months old at that time, was within, no joke, 40 feet of the edge of the ocean, I almost couldn't handle it. I was sure uh, the biggest wave in the world was going to come up, scoop up those 40 feet and whisk her out to sea. It felt very real to me. Okay, so so that's a good example of be scared and do it anyway. She was in no danger 40 feet back from the edge of the water or at the edge of the water with my holding my hand. But my brain was offering me all kinds of fearful situations. Fear has a purpose. Our brain has this job to do to keep us safe. So thank you, brains. But I'm talking about situations where your anxiety is taking over your life and you actually want to do the thing you're fearful of. So most of you know, I've shared this before, but I grew up riding, training and jumping horses. When I got this postpartum anxiety after my daughter, I wanted nothing to do with horses. I gave my horse away. I was sure. I mean, I could see in my mind's eye, me, my children, everyone I loved being drugged by a stirrup with the back legs of the horse stomping on our brains and faces became um, quite a barrier for me. And I really just wanted to cut horses out of my life. That's not true. And that's silly. And so I wanted to push against that. So If you've followed me on Instagram for any time, you know that two years ago I bought a horse and I've spent, it took a year of consistently riding that horse and facing my fears for my fears to go from a a hundred out of a hundred down to a 10 now out of a hundred. And the only way to have tackled that was to be scared and do it anyway. The first time I ever got on my horse, I vomited. That's how scared I was. Okay. The next time I vomited and I cried, you know, it was not an easy journey, but to get to where I am now, I had to be okay with feeling scared. So feeling nervous or anxious is really only part of the uncomfortable feeling, isn't it? What tends to give us more distress is our resistance or our judgment of it. What can be so paralyzing is our thoughts about the actual anxiety. So what if it's okay that we're anxious when we go to do a certain thing? I mean, is that okay? Is that allowed? Do we need to argue with reality? I think it's okay to feel anxious. I try to get curious about it. Oh, I'm not overly anxious today. That's fun. What a treat. Or wow, I am feeling a lot of physiological symptoms of anxiety. I wonder what thoughts I'm thinking in my head that could be driving this. Curiosity can see you through a lot of tough moments. The truth is the way to release anxiety 
is to go through it and allow it. Allow it to be in your body. It's there anyways. I'll just tell you it's there anyways. So thinking thoughts like, I guess I'm going to feel scared for a little while. And that's okay. I'm going to go to my breath and positive thoughts. Breath is key with anxiety. Deep belly breathing. Friends, this is not toxic positivity. This is choosing to drive your brain. This is true. you choosing to manage your mind. This is you creating the outcome that you actually want. Things I like to say to my brain, brain, thank you for seeing the fear at this moment. There is no real threat. You know, but we want to get rid of that anxiety, that anxious feeling. But really, truly, I promise you, it's the resistant resistance of the feeling that makes it worse. So tell yourself, thank you, body and brain. You are doing a great job keeping me safe. I hear you. I'm fine. We can feel fear. We don't need to fear the fear. We can simply just feel it. Think about what fear feels like in your body and be willing to just feel that. We can be brave. The truth is, if you didn't have this anxiety or struggle with anxious feelings, you would have something else you struggle with. Everyone's brain offers them fear or struggle about something. Fear and excitement have the same physical state in our body. Okay, so that state is a surge of cortisol. It's a hyper-aware state. It feels a lot like butterflies. Okay, it's your thoughts, however, about your physical state of your body. And sometimes if you have a hormone imbalance or things like that, sometimes the physical state can come before the thoughts. And we know that because sometimes we wake up in that state, don't we? Now, I don't know how that's tied to dreaming. So perhaps thoughts still did come first, because the truth is thoughts are what drive our feelings in our body. That said, I know that I've woken up in a very anxious physiological state. Now, we don't know enough about dreams at this time to know whether the dreams I dreamt drove that physiological state. I think it's quite likely, but it doesn't matter. So say you wake up and you have that physiological feeling in your body, okay, you can just simply know that, hey, this is the feeling I'm feeling, and it's very similar to excitement. So your brain will then generate excitement or fear depending on what you think moving forward. So ignoring fears always makes them worst, worse. And trying to think positive can sometimes not work if you don't believe your thoughts. So you need to find thoughts that are believable. Okay, so Mel uh, Robbins teaches a five second rule plus an anchor thought. So she'll say, I'm excited when she feels nervous. And it sends a message to the brain that explains to the brain why your body is feeling aroused, why you're having that physiological reaction. So the brain loves to latch onto explanations. Oh, I'm excited versus anxious. So Then you want to interrupt the panic with a deep breath. This tells your brain that there's no emergency because if there was an actual emergency, you would be running. You wouldn't be deep breathing. So you're going to take a few deep belly breaths 
And this then awakens your prefrontal cortex. This is where logic, reason, creativity, curiosity, and problem solving lives. This puts your lid back on. This makes you the driver of your emotions. This allows you to think logically. Am I likely to die getting on this horse today? Probably not. So telling our brain what cons or asking our brain, what consequence here am I fearing? What's the consequence of that? Prove to your brain that it isn't the likely outcome. Push back against the anxious thoughts. Truly, sometimes stressful thoughts become a spiral and then they spiral into anxiety. And sometimes we've made a habit out of those thoughts. So at times, making a decision to think new thoughts and break that spiral can be extremely effective. So that goes back to, I can feel the fear. I don't need to fear the fear. I don't need to resist it all. I hope that that makes sense. So picking a grounding thought is very powerful. One that has worked for me is, I'm likely to survive this horse ride. And then I take three to five really deep breaths. I'm going to leave you with this truth. Worry and anxiety always tell us three lies. The first lie is that the worst is going to happen. That is rarely true. The second is that you can't handle it if it does happen. That's also not true. And the third is that this feeling will last forever. That's also not true. I want you to question those three thoughts when they come up for you and provide a lot of anxious spinning for you. Push back against those three thoughts and look for the truth. Integrate breath. Be okay with bringing anxiety along with you until it dissipates. Resisting it makes it build. Be okay with, oh, I was going to ride my horse today. I feel a great deal of anxiety or I'm giving a public speech or whatever it is for you. I have to drive in the city. I was hoping to not feel anxiety, but there it is. All right, anxiety, let's go. I'm going to breathe until you dissipate, but I see that you're here. I'm safe. I've got this. Let's go. I hope that helps someone today. I hope that you'll screenshot and share my podcast so that it can help others. I appreciate it so much and have a wonderful week ahead.
Thank you.